Hey there. Thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better, and our heart is to reach, send, nurture, and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or head over to our website, resound.church forward slash app, to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Oh, praise God, how wonderful the service has been. And I just want to say how wonderful December has been. This has been the most wonderful December I've known for a long time. And I'm sure that every one of you will agree with that. It has been great. Uh, We've had family with us, which has been wonderful. But every Sunday, it's been special. And... uh, I just feel overwhelmed that that I've been asked to thank you, Wayne, to end December. This is the last Sunday of this decade, as we've heard. And thank you, James and Wayne, for saying about Thanksgiving, because this is our Thanksgiving Sunday. The last Sunday in the year is our Thanksgiving, and I know that we can all be so thankful And uh, we've heard what the men have said, so I don't need to enlarge on that. You know, this is such a a wonderful time, a wonderful time in in God. Perhaps the Lord's going to come back this year, who knows? This decade, he's going to come riding on the clouds and we're going to go up. (laughs) Won't that be wonderful? (laughs) It'll be just great. But every year I have something that I want to be thankful for. And today, I want to be thankful for Jesus. You know, thank you, Jared. We can be thankful for Jesus. And there's been a, a scripture that's been running in my mind for the last couple of months. And it's 1 Peter 2, 7. Now to you who believe, Jesus is precious. It just keeps coming and coming. I thought, right, this is what the people need to know today. And so I want to bring it to your mind, and I want it to be running in your mind throughout 2020. The definition of precious means of great value, valuable, greatly cherished. The word precious really means, I read, there is nothing like him. I can tell you there's nothing like our Jesus Is Jesus precious to you? It's a question I want to ask you today. Is he really precious to you? Do you have that personal relationship with him? I know that this verse became precious to me in 1999, (laughs) 20 years ago. Uh, I I had a a, a cancerous polyp removed from my bowel. And and it was a Monday and I went to the specialist to get the results back. And he said, well, it's cancerous. And I went all white and said, I believe in God, I said to him. And he said, we've all got to die one day, Desma. (laughs) (sighs) So that was the Monday. I said... Look, I'm not sure whether I've got it all, so I want you to have a second opinion. 
Well, the ne- oh, that was a Monday. On the Wednesday, we were going to Wales, John and I, for a conference. So there was no chance to see the second specialist. And so this was hanging over my head as we flew to Wales. And uh, on the way, John said to me, where would you like to go? We, we had a car and where would you like to stop? And I said, I want to go to Salisbury. I want to see Salisbury Cathedral. And so we pulled in for the, there and there was a lovely motel and we, we went in there and then we went to see the cathedral and we sat in the cathedral and prayed madly that, that this cancer is gone. And, and, uh, and so through the night, I woke up to this inner voice, unto you who believe he's precious, unto you who believe he's precious. And I woke up and I got my Bible and, of course, in a little motel room, there was only the little ensuite, and I went into there and I didn't want to wake John and I, I went and I got my Bible and I read first and second Peter. I knew it came from Peter, so I read right through those letters. By the time I finished the peace of God, I thought, this is just so wonderful. No way am I going to die of bowel cancer. And so... I had that peace. Now, we, we went to Wales, flew home, saw the second specialist, and the words, when I went back after a week, the specialist said, there's no cancer in your body. And I just, oh, it, it, to me, it was just so real. God had answered our prayers, and he's precious, extra precious. Oh, now when... Um, when Peter was writing these letters, he was nearing the end of his life. And he would have been thinking of the things that he'd done and uh, things that had gone on in his life, I'm sure. And the, first, the one that I remember is Luke twenty-two sixty-one. He would have remembered this night. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord had spoken to him, before the rooster crows, today you will disown me three times. He went outside and he wept bitterly. He was really just so broken that he'd failed his Lord. And then in John 21, we read of the wonderful breakfast that, oh, Jesus prepared. Wouldn't it be wonderful to to eat the breakfast that Jesus prepares? And there they were, they had it. And then after breakfast... Jesus said to Peter, do you love me, Peter? Three times he asked him and three times Peter said, I do. But Peter wasn't going to deny him again. He he said, you know I love you, Lord. Do you know, as we've been listening to the testimonies, and that testimony morning was just so wonderful. All those that were here will agree. We heard of the testimony of Ali, of how God provided for her. And young Tim, how God's providing for him at uni and his music. And then, of course, uh, um, sorry, Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeff and Christine. Christ- Christina, I'll get it right soon, how God helped them in their sorrow. And the testimonies, testimonies are so wonderful. We have to testify. We have to uh, keep saying, as James said in, in that scripture, the redeemed have to say so. We have to tell people how wonderful our Jesus is. Unto you who believe, he's precious. 
And if you believe that God raised him from the dead, then you're a Christian. You're saved, the scripture says. Now, there were, in, in, I, I encourage you to read one, First Peter and Second Peter over the holidays. You'll be so, it's wonderful. And there's seven precious things. You'll probably get them in the King James more than the other translations. But there's two I just want to mention today with the time. I just have two. And the first one is the precious blood of Jesus. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, he says, For you know that it's not with perishable things, such as silver and gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. As an Orthodox Jew, Peter knew that they had to pay half a shekel for atonement money. He knew that. But then he says, we don't. Now the blood of Jesus covers us. We don't have to pay money to get our sins forgiven. This is wonderful, people. Jesus shed his blood. The shed blood covers us. The blood of Jesus totally meets every need of men and women today. The blood of Jesus absolutely overcomes Satan. Revelation 12, 11 says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. It covers, and the testimony of people covers that too. Charles Spurgeon was a great preacher in the 1800s. He was born in 1834, 100 years before us, John, so we were unable to hear him. <laughs> Would have been lovely. <laughs> one, perhaps one day if he preaches in heaven, we might hear him. But <laughs> he uh, quoted this. But first of all, I read, and I just read it lately, that his first sermon, his first text was, Unto you who believe he is precious. I thought, oh, great, I'm on the right track. (laughs) He was just a youth and he was walking in the field with his friend and his friend said, I hope you're ready for today. And he said, why? I I can't preach. And the the friend encouraged him and said, yes, you'll have to. If you don't preach today, you won't preach at all. And so he bowed his head and he started speaking to the crowd. And he said, unto you who believe, he's precious. And from that day, that became his motto, really, throughout his ministry. Christ was precious to him, and the sermons were precious to his people. And this is what he said about the precious blood. Precious, unspeakably precious is this blood, because it has an overcoming power. It is written, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. How could they do otherwise? He who fights with the precious blood of Jesus fights with a weapon that cannot know defeat, the blood of Jesus. Sin dies at its presence. Death death ceases to be death and heaven's gates are open. Uh, The blood of Jesus, we will march on, conquering and to conquer as long as we trust its power. We have to trust the power of the precious blood of the lamb. You know, we need to protect ourselves. Every day we need to put the blood of Jesus over us, around our family. Put a bloodline around your home. Just keep pleading the blood. When John was a boy in Wales, 
Christians there, these dear people, they used to just plead the blood in in Welsh. I don't know the word for blood in Welsh, but John said as a boy, all he could hear them saying was, was this word for blood. And the people just pleaded the blood in the meeting. And it was just such power there. It was just so wonderful for him, of course, growing up in that atmosphere. Now, the, the second one that, that Peter mentions in, the, in, this, in the, his letters is the precious promises. Now, in 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4, we have his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Oh, this is just so a wonderful, wonderful scripture. Knowing that through the precious promises, we can be free from the evil desires in the world. They say there's 8,000 promises in the Bible. There could be more, some of the commentaries say. Uh, so... We've got them all. We inherit them all. There's so many. And everything you're going through, there's a promise for. And we used to sing the old hymn, standing on the promises. We just have to stand on them. You know, promises are like uh, the wine press, really. You know, when you crush the grapes, the juice flows. And, you know, if we crush those promises, we stand on them, we quote them, the juices flow, the things start going into place for us. While we're meditating upon them... It really works. I want to ensure you that it works. Just look up those promises and just know that they are real. They are there for us, every one of us. The most assuring thing we can do in 2020, and I just encourage you as we go into this new decade, that we can place our hand into the hand of God. Do you remember, not many, I don't think there'd be anyone here that heard King George the Sixth give his Christmas message. We were children. We probably were up at the radio listening in. But uh, he said this. I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be better to you than a light and safer than a known way. Oh, it's so true. The Bible says some beautiful things about his hand, these promises, and I'll just give you some of those. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 139.10 says, Your right hand will hold me fast. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Though he stumbles, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. 
also, and often in life we stumble, don't we? we our faith fails, we, we feel deserted, and we, our hearts cry, where are you, Lord? You know, when the trials come along, we do that. But you know what? We've got to remember that he's there. He's always there. He's promised I will never leave you nor forsake you. His hand is right there, and we can hold it. Hold it any time of the day or night, any time. Our Lord is there. As I look back over my life, and it's getting on a bit now, <laughs> I can see the hand of God in, in, in everything, in, in all the things that, that have happened. You know what? I don't always feel a hand. I don't actually feel his hand grasping me. But holding the hand is something that I love to do with my darling husband. We've held hands from the moment we met and we still do it. We, we, wherever we go, we hold hands. And sometimes we can hear people behind us saying, you know, particularly in Papua New Guinea, the Papua New Guineans used to laugh at us. But you know, that to me it was special, something special. And it's the same with the Lord. I kind of imagine me holding the Lord's hand when I hold John's. It's, it's just sort of there. <laughs> He's holding me. And you know, he never leaves me nor forsakes me. There was a quote I read this week and it said, Jesus healed the one who arrested him. Do you remember? He put the ear back on after Peter had cut it off. He served the one who deserted him and he loved the world who crucified him. That's my Jesus. That's Jesus. He just loves and loves and loves and loves. He's just so wonderful. Unto you who believe he's precious, and I trust today you're just feeling that preciousness just coming into your being, that as you go into 2020, you'll just know that Jesus is there. He's your friend. He sticks closer than a brother. He is just so wonderful. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Oh, just go on. Put your hand in the hand of Jesus. John Newton, the great uh, one that wrote Amazing Grace, that we know, the, the great sinner that he said he was, and he was wonderfully saved. At the age of 80, John Newton still was preaching. He was deaf and he was going blind. And he used to take an aide up to the pulpit so that the aide would read the point and then he'd speak on it. And this particular day, the aide was there and quoted the, the point and John Newton said, Jesus Christ is precious. And the, the aide read the next point and he said, Jesus Christ is precious. And the aide said, you've said that. You said it. He said, I know, I said it twice and I'm saying it again. Jesus Christ is precious. <laughs> and then he asked the people to sing the hymn that he'd, he'd written before, many years before. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. It soothes his sorrows, heals his wounds and drives away his fears. Oh, I'm getting worked up, Wayne. <laughs> it's nearly time to finish. <laughs> Oh, oh, people, you've got a testimony. I know you have, every one of you. Oh, wouldn't it be great if we could have time to hear every testimony? You know, that you could pop up and say, Jesus did this for me. Oh, he did this for me this, this year. Oh, he was with me. I, I, was, I was sick, but he raised me. I, I wasn't feeling the best, but he gave me strength. Oh, that's mine, the strength of the Lord. <laughs> it's been wonderful this year when you're feeling weak and you say, Lord... Just strengthen me and in a pause, 
that's the sort of thing that happens. Oh, Corrie ten Boone. Oh, don't you love anything that you read from dear Corrie ten Boone? What a wonderful lady. She found the Lord to be precious in Raisinbrook, where they were in the concentration camp. And this day, she had a terrible cold and she needed a handkerchief. And she said to Betsy, her sister, oh, I wish I had a handkerchief. And Betsy said, why don't you pray about one, Corrie? And Corrie laughed. And with that, Betsy prayed and she asked God, she said, see, my sister Corrie here has a cold and she needs a handkerchief. And so would you give her one? Well, Corrie tells that shortly after that, she heard someone call her name. She went to stand near the window of the barracks when she saw a friend of hers, also a prisoner who worked in the hospital. Here, her friend said, take this, I'm bringing you a little present. She pressed it into Corrie's hand. I opened the little package, said Corrie, and it was a handkerchief. How did you know I needed a handkerchief? Did you know I had a cold? No, said a friend. I was sewing handkerchiefs with an old piece of sheet and there was a voice in my heart that said, bring a handkerchief to Corrie Ten Boone. That little handkerchief made from an old piece of sheet was a message out of heaven to me, tells Corrie. It tells me that there is a heavenly father who hears when one of his children prays for an impossible small thing as a handkerchief. What do you need today? Oh, people, ask him. Ask him. He's waiting. He's waiting at the mercy seat. You know, Jesus covered the blood over the mercy seat, his precious blood over that, that we can go right into the throne room. We, we can go right there and ask him, ask him for anything. Unto you who believe, he is precious. How precious is he to you today? Is anything too difficult for him? No. Can anything come into your life that he cannot handle? No. Everything that comes our way is filtered through Jesus. Today, think about your relationship with him. What is it? What it should be? What it will be today, tomorrow, and throughout all eternity? John and I were walking through the fruit market in Christmas time, and um, they were playing my favourite song, You Raised Me Up. And as we were going round with getting the fruit, we're Tears were rolling down our faces and, and um, I said to John, I'm going to ask my lovely granddaughter if she'd just finish today, finish the decade with this beautiful song, You Raised Me Up So I Can Stand on Mountains. You Raised Me Up to Walk on Stormy Seas. I'm strong when I'm on your shoulders. You raised me up to more than I can be. As you close your eyes and think of the year gone by, just thank him, thank him, and know that unto you who believe, he is precious. God bless you. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. 
You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.